0: we find ourselves in a world encouraging us to tune out when our greatest power is to tune in. This leads us to miss the magic and wisdom inherently within and all around us. This is Tune In With Marcy, a podcast devoted to exploring what it means to reconnect to our intuitive nature and belong to the animate earth. I'm your host Marcy Moberg, an intuitive soul guide, shadow worker, and plant spirit teacher. On this podcast, you'll find deep conversations, practical tips, inspiring stories, and answers to your burning intuitive questions. Equal parts spiritual and human, my work is trauma-informed and always practical. I'm so glad that your intuition led you here. Welcome. By the way, this is a Patreon-supported podcast. You can join starting at $10 a month. To learn more, go to patreon.com forward slash Marcy Moberg. Hey there, welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm your host, Intuitive Soul Guide Marcy Moberg, and I'm so excited that you're joining me today. This week's episode is a dream seat with podcast listener Lauren. If you're new to my podcast, dream seats are an opportunity for listeners like you to sit down with me for a mini dream interpretation session. And it's a chance for you as a listener to really connect some dots in your own dream time because after all, we all dream and we experience similar themes, questions, and curiosities about our dream world. It's why I love doing dream work in groups. And this is kind of like a a virtual like mini experience of that. So it's a really wonderful opportunity to learn about your own dream experiences as well, which may have already happened or may happen in the future, by the way. That happens a lot. I will sometimes hear from listeners who say that they learn, they listened to a podcast episode and it gave them insight, a, a framework, a, a, a way to name what happened in a future dream for them. So that might also be something that happens. So this latest dream seat is a very, very potent one. Lauren and I explore, what does it mean to dream with the land? How dreams invite us to step into our power, opening our hearts and the fear that arises when we do this, the role of mysterious figures and creatures in dreams. We explore what is a healing dream, that's a type of dream. And when our inner wild calls us in dreams, how do we answer that call? And then lastly, what to do with dreams that leave you kind of awestruck. So before we dive into this week's episode, if you are interested in exploring dream work with me, I have two opportunities for you. The first is to join my Patreon. For the month of March and April, we are focused on exploring dream practices with the support of plant spirits, Um, a form of dream work that I sometimes refer to as dream plant magic because it also includes ritual and I believe is one of the most powerful ways to engage with our dream world. And the second way is to book a one-on-one 60-minute dream interpretation session with me. If you do that together, we will explore a dream that is sticking with you, but you just can't quite catch the meaning. Like maybe you've connected some dots, but you can't connect them all. Or maybe you're just kind of, you know, awestruck and you're not sure where to begin. Or we could also record, you know, explore a recurring dream theme that continues to seem to show up in multiple dreams um, that you're not quite sure also what the message is. So this week's dream seat episode is a taste of what those one-on-one sessions are like. You could also check out episodes 64 and 68, where I show uh, share two other dream seats uh, as well. So that could be another option. So you can sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Marcy Moberg. And you can book a dream interpretation session with me at the link in the show notes. All of those links are in the show notes. So make sure to stick around all the way to the end after the dream seat, because I will hop back on and reflect on some of the themes that came up in our expiration. So with that, let's get on to this week's episode. Hello, welcome to tune in with Marcy. We have another awesome dream seat today. I have Lauren today with me here on the podcast. You want to say hi, Lauren?
1: Hi, Marcy. Thanks for having me and hello to everyone who's listening.
0: Yeah. Lauren has brought a really awesome, very, very rich dream for us to explore today and um I'm, I'm really excited to explore together before we kind of dive in with synopsis. I'd like to just kind of set up sacred space so that we can invite in your guides, any of the helping powers that support you kind of center into the body and, um, officially open up sacred space and then we'll kind of dive in. So in your own way, you can start to draw your attention inside and maybe start to, connect to the body breathing in and out and listeners at home, you can certainly do this as well so that you receive the insights that you're meant to receive out of this episode based on what your guides want you to notice and receive. So as you start to just kind of draw your attention inside and connecting into the body and the place where it is, maybe bringing some awareness to Let's kind of like really ground down into the body. Let's, let's notice the edges of the body. So I want you to kind of just notice the outline of the body. You're getting in touch with where the air is in touch with the surface of your skin And then shifting awareness to noticing, bringing your awareness to the four walls of the room where your body is sitting within. Then again, bringing awareness to surface, the outline of the body, noticing the container, the body where you are, and then noticing the four walls, the room, the space where the body is sitting. So we're doing this just Orient ourselves into this present moment, gather any energy that might be in different places from throughout the day. And now that we've gotten a little bit more in touch with the body and where it's sitting, we'll just signal and invite the well and bright powers that support your life, that guided you to open up, to share this dream today, to bring this medicine for yourself and for others. That may be your well and bright ancestors, spirit guides, any animals, plants, any spirits of land, earth, any well and bright powers that support you, those known and unknown, those dream teachers, just inviting those to come into the space now. So we signal to them that we are opening circle. We'll take a deep breath in to the belly, then exhale out through the mouth, and slowly bring the awareness back to the wider spaces. This sacred circle and container is officially opened. So we will we'll dive in now, Lauren. I'd love to have you. um, You and I talked a little bit before this. um, We started recording about your dream. And I'm a little bit aware of like, you know, what happened, but let's clue in the listeners and let's give them a little bit of a synopsis of what happened in your dream, if you could share. Um, And if you can share, share it as if it was happening right now, like in the present tense, if that feels comfortable.
1: Sure, absolutely. So I'm hanging out at the top of a hill with three of my dear friends. And we're talking about a lot of fun things in this very gnarled patch of tall trees, and we're having a picnic, and then I feel this call down towards a glen, down the hill, into the woods. So I tell them I'll be right back, and I start walking down the hill. There's, as I'm walking down the hill, there's like this beautiful birthday party going on at a stone house on my left, some kids running around and laughing, and then I see these like floating bright lights down the hill towards the forest, and as I get closer, there are these huge butterfly creatures that keep calling out to me. And I hear a voice to turn back and go wait for my friends. And one voice that says, you're going to keep going now. And as I, I like watch myself get closer to these butterfly beings, um, one comes towards me and like sends out this magic dust towards me and I thank it. And the other ones start creeping near, and I get scared, and I'm not sure, like, if I can handle more of the dust that they want to share with me. So I start running away and like climbing up the hill. But I'm on all fours and I'm moving very, very quickly, um, and have like a lot, a lot more of a like close up of like the terrain and the ground as I'm running with like a lot of speed um, and like feel. The strength in my body and everything is I'm like moving up this hill and everything's like very vivid and then I make it past the birthday party I'm almost at the top of the hill I'm like so excited to see my friends again in this grove and I feel like these creatures like chasing me um, so I suddenly turn and I see this older woman-like being with like very dark hair who is there to, she says she's there to bestow a gift and she takes her like pointer finger and puts it directly on my breastbone and brings her hands up and like spreads them apart and says like words and my chest starts to open up and like peel back, but it doesn't hurt. But I see like this very bright gold green glow of my heart and I get scared (laughs) that this elderly fae-like woman creature is going to steal my heart out of my chest so I start to like put my hand over it um, and she shakes her head and says open your heart and I feel like all this like um, rush of power through me and then I turn and she's gone and I flee up the hill again and my hands are like are protecting my like very exposed heart space and I wake up thinking that this this being is like in my room and that is
0: my dream Mm -hmm. and how what was like when you woke up well I guess two things I'm wondering so I know you named some pieces about uh feeling fear when like some of the butterfly beings like when they were kind of starting to approach around the wanting to give you more magic dust and then there was some fear when this old woman was there and and was like, your heart was kind of opening up, like literally your chest was opening, right? So it sounds like there was some emotions of fear there. What other emotions were in the dream? And then I'm also curious what emotions were present when you woke up?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm trying to recall since this dream was at the end of August Mm -hmm. this year. So I remember feeling, um, in addition to fear, like wonder and excitement Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and like, also I guess like after I received some of the magic dust, like I just felt like very, very alive and like vivacious. And like a lot of my strength was online. I don't know how Mm -hmm. to describe it. Um, And then also like awe was a big feeling. I felt like awestruck but also just kind of like dumbstruck as to like, what in the world, <laughs> like what is going on? Um, that was in the dream, right? In the dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Similar to wonder, but like slightly different. Mm-hmm. And when I woke up, I mean, <laughs> pardon the French, a lot of my language was like, what the fuck? That's Um, I was like, what the fuck just happened? Also, like, are you not here? Like, it was like a very, like, I still felt like I was in it as I Mm -hmm. woke up. Um, so I think from an emotional standpoint, a little bit of like startle or like, again, kind of like excitement, a little bit of fear, a little bit of like, what in the ever living world (laughs) is going on? Um, And then my brain kicked in and wanted to like understand what just happened. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's
0: how I felt. Okay. This is, I'm sure people listening to the listening so far are like really excited about this dream because it's so, there's so much vivid imagery to it. And uh, I know a lot of people will end up having like mysterious uh, creatures sometimes and also mysterious figures in their dreams. So I'm sure that there's a lot of people listening that can relate. I'm curious before we kind of dive into some interpretation work, what dots have you connected so far? Like where, what dots have you connected to this dream that feel clear to you? And then we'll talk about what's not clear.
1: (laughs) Um, well, I recently went on a solo trip, a soul trip of sorts. myself to the United Kingdom and I felt like I was physically in the kind of landscape that was in my dream Mm -hmm. like down to the gnarled trees with like the mossy rocks and the the hilly steep landscapes where my legs very quickly (laughs) got in shape from all the cliff hiking um, and so, so being in that space felt very different to my body and like to, um, to my experience of like moving through the world. And mm-hmm. there were times I reached out to those three friends cause they're dear friends of mine. And I felt like it was almost like a parallel of instead I was sending them like, oh, I love you all. I miss you. Like, here's some pictures of these places I think you'd really love Um, and they sent back all these like beautiful affirming like so glad you're doing this for yourself like so grateful to see you like stepping into your power and like doing all these different things Hmm. um, and holding space almost like we were in that grove together of the trees Mm -hmm. at the top of the hill so that felt really nourishing and like really beautiful to be in that kind of community, even though I was um, traveling by myself. And also the um, the pieces around so many things. <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> I mean, <laughs> I won't give my own dissertation of what I think this means, cause that wouldn't be helpful. Um, But that is certainly a temptation for me. I think, um, as you are well aware, I've, uh, you know, been looking at different hidden parts of myself over the last few months. And I feel like the accepting of the literal butterfly, like creature of transformation, Mm. um, the dust from those creatures as like a, a gift and then feeling the shift in literal, like almost like a film, like literal perspective. Like I got much closer to the ground. Mm-hmm. Like my, my senses were heightened. It was like, I was like a creature and not a person quote unquote. Yeah. Um, so that, that to me feels very integral to a lot of the work that I'm doing like right now for myself, some of mm-hmm. my inner exploration And then the part around like opening my heart feels very literal (laughs) and also like very soulful. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure who this individual being is or whether they are an individual being or a collection of beings. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I am. I have more questions than answers, which probably means that, you know, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, because my
0: next question is going to be: if we were to choose one question right now to start exploring this dream, what is one question you would want to explore about this dream?
1: So the the most immediate question that stood out to me in this dream has to do with the um elder being that showed up and Mm -hmm. why that specific being showed up the way they did and like gave me that specific message at that time Mm -hmm. so that's been top of heart for me um
0: What has that being the most important piece for you?
1: Um, I'd say between that and like, it's more the receiving of the message itself, right? Mm -hmm. Like some of the other parts of the dream feel a little more um, accessible to me around ways in which I can play with it and like let it sink in over time. Mm -hmm. That message felt a lot. It was very calmly delivered, like very matter of fact. But my response to it was not. (laughs) So if we're going to like the literal and now figurative part of this dream, it is that message and Mm -hmm. that, you know, being showing up and being the one to like literally like put their hands on me and deliver it. Um, and that feels most important to me to start to delve into.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. so this is great. I, I love, um, I love the dots you've connected so far. I love the recognition of the power of the message that came through. Um, and I love the acknowledgement of like where you feel like there are some potential gaps or questions. If it were my dream, there's a couple of things that come up for me. One is if it were my dream, first and foremost, I might see this dream as a healing dream, meaning that I literally received a healing on the psychic plane. And perhaps that is most important than trying to seek out this this figure. And um, I say that because I find that a lot of dreams when there is literally like a physiological component to it like this, where there are powers, sometimes there uh, sometimes I've seen this happen where there are beings that show up. Sometimes there's animals that show up. uh, Sometimes it's a plant. It it can be a lot of different forms, but when somebody's there's like literally like a physical intervention on the body in a dream that has some sort of energetic component to it. It's it, it is a gift in the sense that it's literally like, it's, it's healing something on the psychic plane. And it's also some, some form of like an initiation in a sense, it feels like a both. And that's what it feels like to me. Like when I, if it were my dream, I would be curious about like, is this like a healing dream that then initiated me? And, and, and part of that initiation is honoring this message of open your heart, even though parts of, you know, even though parts of you want to kind of like close off, even though parts of you feel like that's scary, that really like that's the next step. And the other thing I would say is any, if it were my dream and I received like a really direct message that was very clear, not metaphorical at all, not symbolic, but very direct. I would take that as having a lot of weight. Anytime I see direct messages it's like the the best way to describe it is it's, to, it's like our guides and our soul is like bolding, underlining, italicing, 70-point fonting something. <laughs> it's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> um so those are like the first two pieces that comes up for me. I'm, I'm
1: before I continue on, I'm kind of curious, like how are those, how's that landing for you? Yeah, I am laughing to myself about the, you know, <laughs> the, uh, what's the trope? It's like that silently screaming kind of thing, or <laughs> like <laughs> or like a billboard um, in storytelling where the main character is like walking under it, and it's like literally flashing, like the sign that they need kind of thing. And they're just, like, doo ba ba doo and like walking along on their yeah. day, <laughs> and like doing their <laughs> thing. And it's like, oh, I wish I received a sign about what's coming next, huh? <laughs> like that... <laughs> Um, so yes, I, I very much um appreciate and resonate with that and feel secondhand embarrassment at the same time. <laughs> um with how pa- yeah, it was very powerful, but like very calm. But also like if mm-hmm. you ha- if you had, you know, the flashing lights behind it, I'm sure that would also be right. Um with what you said about the dream, wondering if it was your dream, like feeling into the, the healing and initiatory components of that. I never considered it to be a healing dream. Mm. Um, if anything, I considered it to be a like, <laughs> like a uh, good game style dream. Like, okay, go get them. Like you've got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that to be both comforting, but also, yes, initiatory in that there's a form of like disruption or breakthrough that's wanting to come through. Like literally Mm -hmm. the changing of form, like very important. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, With like, for me, I took that as like changing up kind of the ways in which I move and like do things and see things in my perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. And in that there's a lot of, like potential for what you said with healing, uh, but no. I for some reason I like. I think I was so excited and freaked out upon waking up, and then recalling my dream that the idea that it was like this very balm-like healing dream on different levels didn't fully register with me. I took it as almost like a, a cautionary tale. <laughs> um, mm-hmm instead of like, this work has been completed, take it into your next chapter. It was more like, if you don't do X, Y may happen kind of feeling when mm. I woke up, but that could also just be my stuff getting in the way. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because,
0: you know, I, I, I love that you, you reflected this back because I do think that kind of many of us think of healing as an ending, but actually i think of healing sometimes as a starting and so the way that i th- the way that i think about this is like if it were my dream i would see that it's kind of like on the psychic plane something is happening to like my astral ethereal body in order for me to then take the conscious steps to follow this this uh this call to open up and that there's power behind that that then in that process of maybe allowing my heart to be open might be different than if I had tried before that dream so that's kind of what I'm thinking of when I'm thinking about from a healing perspective the other piece that comes up for me because you talked about the land piece is it also makes me wonder if it were my dream, if it's, if it is also given the kind of energetically how you felt when you went to the UK, it also makes me wonder if it were my dream, if it was a dream of the land, that that's a very real thing. We can dream with land. There's like a dreaming with land that we can have affinities and we can travel to land and the land can call us and there can be magic in land. That's a very real thing. So that's like something that comes up for me is if it were my dream, I I might wonder if I was, you know, in a sense, like I was dreaming with the land, the land was calling me in a sense Then I, whether I knew it or not, I answered the call because I went to the UK. And of course, if we're talking about a figure that is uh, archetype archetypally in the land, there's a lot of the kind of wise woman, hag, Kaliak archetype, you know, figures that exist in that land that are, there's a lot of old stories about that exists in England and uh, Scotland and Ireland, that there, there are a lot of stories about this old wise woman um, that shows up that's both lovingly fierce and quite fierce about kind of asking for certain things. So in fact, my dream, I might be curious about if if that kind of energy or archetype was, was meeting me. And then the other piece that comes up for me is if it were my dream and I was running on all fours, I, I'd also be curious about the archetype of like um, the wild in, in myself, right? Cause really like running all, on all fours is we think about uh, wolves or we might think about cats, big cats or or creatures like that. Um, I think you had said in the description that I had of something about you were like hands slash pause. It was like, there was like a question mark. Was I running on hands? Was I running on pause? And so if it were my dream, I might be archetype might be curious about how there's this, there is this archetypal invitation um, and activation of this more wild essence inside of me, which we all have. And that many of us kind of have, Uh, separated from, I talked about this on a recent podcast about how many of us are like domesticated away from this part of ourselves. Um, And for anyone who's listening, I I mentioned on another podcast episode, but I'll mention it again. There's this really beautiful children's book called Wild. And I feel like it, it illustrates this very, very clearly. So I'm curious. um, Yeah. how, How do those reflections land for you? What comes up for you when I name those pieces?
1: yeah it's incredibly rich a lot comes up for me um I think to start from the last point that you raised what was funny is that with this trip planning so this dream happened a month and change before my trip um and I had originally my will like I wanted to go to a different part of the UK to do some like Land based setting research for a book that I want to write <laughs> mm-hmm. that very much has to do with like a natural phenomenon in Northern Ireland. And as I was starting to research, like where I wanted to go, I was literally called to Southwest England and had no, you know, rational explanation as to why. I was like, sure, yeah, that looks really beautiful. And like, look at these dramatic seaside cliffscapes that are like so stormy and like moody and ugh. I would love to go. And I was like, wait, I can totally do that. Um, <laughs> so uh, part of, the reason why I share that is because I felt like this trip was very much a calling and like a remembering
0: mm-hmm.
1: for me from like a soulful sense of something I needed to reconnect with internally. And I actually went to a um, ecosystem rewilding mm-hmm. camp. So when we talk about the archetype of the wild um, and that transformation like that very much came up for me in a literal educational experiential sense, not only by just being with the land, um, but also by being in an intentional community that was interested in like rewilding the inner psyche and also how we treat our ecosystems and the Mm -hmm. land Mm -hmm. or stewarding as a human species and what our role is so it was like big theme for my trip also when you talk about um you know the transformation itself the imagery of the wolf is one that's been coming to me with a couple of these other friends I mentioned in other dreams where like we are literally like a wolf pack mm-hmm. um or nursing wolf cubs or leading animals to safety or like there's a lot of wolf imagery around this specific, um, group of soul family for me. Mm -hmm. So that feels really resonant. Um, and the first part you said was about the hag and the collie, the hag. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So I, For those who don't know how obsessed I am with lore and mythology, um, I am. (laughs) And I didn't even consider that for this trip, which was interesting to me because there were so many storms on this trip. And a lot of what I know of this archetype and kind of the, the energies that it brings have to do with, you know, using or creating storms to lead to a different transition of like physical state of the land Mm -hmm. um and also like illusion and shape-shifting so I'm putting a lot more together now Mm -hmm. Um.
0: (laughs) (laughs) it was like this before you even told me that you felt like this connected to the UK trip the second you said this I was like I know who this is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I see Uh, you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which is interesting Mm -hmm. because I thought I was working with kind of a different manifestation of that energy on the trip, but I think it is a similar energy, just quote unquote younger, like in the Mm -hmm. way it shows up. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And that, that also brings me to a lot of different questions around, um, no, I'm actually making more connections now about like my, my deep dive into like death energy and also this like beautiful elder crone energy coming
0: mm-hmm.
1: with like a lot of wisdom.
0: Yeah, nope. because I mean, Kaliak like in, in some traditions like overlaps with the the death, like the death goddess and overlaps with like the energy of, earth and the earth being land and the land being this reminder of death and rebirth. And so, yeah. And the other piece that comes up for me is this is piece you were talking about of um, the, this energy in the storms kind of bringing, bringing change. And I think it can be interesting to think about body as our, our bodies as land um, and how that's maybe, you know, that how those storms are maybe creating change inside of yourself the last piece I would say, too, is if it were my dream, I'd be curious about, like, what are the remaining resistances I have towards opening my heart? What are they? What are the fears? What are the fearful stories? What parts of myself are, are you know, are behind the hands over the heart? Um, and how can I allow myself to open my heart like a little bit more given kind of what you know there's also like a foreseeing in there if it were my dream I would see it as a foreseeing look at what's possible if if I allow my heart to open there's some illumination that's happening in that space some illumination that happens in my heart center and the other piece too of like the sense of like the other piece that comes up for me is the piece around magic because you said that around uh, you know, with the butterfly being, and it was like the sense of like, no, it's too much. So I might be curious also about my ability to receive, and that could be receiving from outside myself, but it also could just be like receiving from within myself. Like, uh, do I have a, a limitation on the receiving within myself of like my own magic? And how can I lovingly um extend that threshold and how does that extension of that threshold, uh, align with, or, or how deeply is it maybe connected to the parts of myself that resist opening up to my heart and how is expanding my ability to hold my magic and opening my heart connected. So those are some other pieces that come up for me. I think it would be interesting. I I suggested this to another person, a dream seat that had like a lot of these magical themes um if you're up for it if I, if i were you i might be curious about creating some if you're up for the invitation that that's in the dream that says like open my open your heart i might be curious about creating some um acknowledgement of that in the physical realm like maybe actually like setting up a, a an altar or a space in your altar or an intentional place that is specifically connected to the work that you're doing and willing to do around some of the themes in this dream. Because we can have like big dreams and little dreams, but this to me feels like a big dream. A big dream are ones that are like, we might say prophetic in nature are, div, you know, kind of have divinatory qualities to them. They have like this essence of like, these can literally change our lives. If we work with some of the medicine in the dream, it feels to me like this is like one of those dreams. And I Find that when there are big dreams, it's important to, to honor them in some way, shape or form in, in physical realm. Um, and as like a part of our regular
1: tending of that. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm very open to that invitation. Um, I love the idea of playing with that in like different mm. spaces around my home as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know. From a synchronicity standpoint, I work with this beautiful oracle deck called Sacred Rebels. And I hadn't been working with it for several months earlier this year and turned to it around the same time as the dream and have been working with it since and took it with me on my trip. And literally all of October and into November, I've been receiving the card receiving. There you go. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like one does. So, and then also like visions of life beyond death Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, you know, things are so on the nose. Um, yeah, I'm just grateful for some of the inquiry and insights that you provided as well, just now that I need to really sit with and like, let sink in, um, in a, a deeper way so I can move beyond my ego. Also just feeling like embarrassed and called out, (laughs) (laughs) which is one of the parts I'm sure that has a hand over my heart (laughs) is my pride. (laughs) Um, but yes, yeah, that really, really resonates.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, I think all this work is always around doing, doing so at a pacing that can tend to, the different parts of ourselves that feel tender. So it's kind of a both and it's a both like, okay, how can I open my heart? And also how can I do so in a way that honors this part of me? That's like, you know, and it's a both. And, and so it's good. It's great that you like acknowledge, like you're aware that at least one or some of that's like present with you in this moment. And so it's important to, to honor that. I think that that's, you know, essential and, um, You know, the other piece I want to just kind of name for people who are listening is that this is, you know, in my experience, this is how big dreams work. And this is how dreams often can work with us when we lean into them, or we at least give them some audience that then the dreams will actually start to speak. Like the themes will speak in our, our waking life too. And if we pay attention to it, we'll collect that. It's almost as if the dream continues into waking life as well. It doesn't just end that night. Um, and that's definitely my experience with dreams that are quite big and have these, big, you know, healing themes in them or big themes of transformation for us, big invitations that they will continue to kind of peer, like the dream world will continue to peer through into the waking life if we're willing to pay attention and um, and notice some of these kind of continual it's like it's like it's like the dream beings are like continuing to throw like these little magic breadcrumbs along the way like hey we're still speaking to you you know like <laughs> we still have more to say or we we have these thoughts that we want you to connect so um I love that you brought this rich dream with us today and um you know as we close I'm just going to uh, you know acknowledge your your team that supported you today the the healing powers the the helping powers that showed up to to support us to explore the medicine of this dream and signal to them that we're we're closing this circle and uh, feels like this is just the beginning of this dream and, and what's ahead and <laughs> excited to see um, what unfolds for you. And so grateful for you sharing such a rich exploration with us today.
1: Thanks for coming, Lauren. Thanks so much for having me, Marcy.
0: Wasn't that a fabulous dream seat? First off, a million thanks to Lauren for bringing such a rich dream seat to the podcast. What a gift. So big thank you to you, Lauren, for doing that. Um, I just wanted to pop in and capture some of the potent themes that emerged from our dream seat. Uh, I think... We could use multiple episodes to go through all of them, but I want to just at least pull out some that I think feel really, really rich and worthy of further reflection right now to support potential integration into your own dream world. So let's start with this idea of dreaming with the land. As I mentioned in the dream seat, we can dream with the land. In fact, I think this happens probably more often than we realize. Uh, I recognize for myself that I was dreaming with the land we live on now for many, 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 many years before we moved here. Um, I kept having dreams about mountains that had a specific energetic feel to them. And for the longest time, I couldn't figure out where they were. And once I set foot here on this land, I recognized, oh, (laughs) this is the mountain and the mountain chain that's been calling me for a really long time. So these dreams with the land can include visitations from energies and spirits embedded in the land itself. As I've learned uh, about my own ancestral histories and lost traditions, and I've been trying to kind of like piece that together, these like earth-based traditions that my lineages got disconnected from. That's been a huge focus of my uh, my personal life, and personal research and exploration and practice for um, you know probably the last seven years or so, last five to seven years. It's been a big focus on that, and as I've been doing that, I. I learned about this idea that myths are born out of the land, that mythical creatures, folk tales, and creation stories emerge from the land itself, and that made a lot of sense to me because, for example, in this episode, I spoke about the archetype of the hag or the Kaliak, as she is more often named in Celtic mythology. Some see her as almost like the equivalent of like a dark goddess uh, spirit, a dark goddess energy that lives in those lands. But there are archetypal figures of elder women, the dark goddess, born from other lands as well. For example, Baba Yaga is a figure that emerges in folktales in Russia and Eastern Europe. Um, Another one that we might think about is... Uh, the goddess Kali that emerges uh, from the land in India, and so, you know, the land has holds different energies, different myths and stories, and spirits, and um, those those lands work on us during waking life, but they also work on us during 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 dream time as well, and you know, I've talked about this in other episodes before, but in our dream time, our ego really kind of gets out of the way. And so we have access to the, the quote unquote, other world, the spirit world, um, and the underworld, which, you know, I think probably warrants an episode in the future of focus. But <laughs> we have access to these other realms, to these other layers of our conscious, to the unconscious inside of ourselves. And that's really why I think, you know, a lot of times spirits of the land speak to us through through dreams, very um, specifically, because our egos out of the way, easier to connect with them. We're not so busy and caught up with like, you know, the day to day. But also, I want to say that land also holds the spirits of those beings that actually live there in the material form. So there's, you know, there's who who lives there. There's the imprints of what's previous there. There's like the imprints of histories that have happened there. I think I talked about this in a podcast episode like a while ago. About um, I believe when I was talking about maybe when I was talking about past lives or haunted spirits. I'm not sure. Anyways, in a previous episode, I'm pretty sure I shared the story about my time uh, when I first visited Colombia with my husband. Um, And in that situation, I experienced the spirits of the land that, you know, there were these spirits that had transitioned that were, were still attached to the land because there was... A, a huge transgression that had happened. And they, these spirits of that area had not fully trans transitioned because they were really angry about, and rightfully so, about the fact that their um, sacred tombs had been disturbed, their sacred graves had been disturbed of their medicine people. So... You know, that's a. There's also that too. That, you know, there's there's there are these spirits that have there's like the mythical cre you know spirits of the land. There's the archetypal energies. Uh, there are these really big forces that live in different areas that we can just like feel and and come into contact with. Like the you know the moment you show up to a place, you can feel. Like um, maybe it feels very welcoming or it feels uh, not very welcoming. Those are big pieces that can show up. But also we can have uh, spirits that are still connected to the land because they're not at peace. There's something that requires resolution. They're not in resolution in their own spirits. Um, I I guess I haven't talked much about this, but there was a period of time earlier in my work where... um, I used to do a lot of uh, like clearings of people's homes and resetting of energies and um, blessing of people's homes. It was something that was a big part of my, my work, and that was because people were being significantly impacted by um, the spirits that were on the land there. So I'm saying all that to say that the land impacts us a lot and can impact us during, um, during like our dream time as well. And the land also holds the spirits of those that live there, the plants, the animals, the trees, the fungi, the elemental, the area spirits. For example, like the spirit of a freshwater spring. That could be a spirit. Um, and these spirits too can call on us in dreams and dream with us, you know, interweaving their consciousness with us, inviting us to partner with them. The, the last episode, episode 72, is all about plant spirits visiting dreams. So I encourage you to check out that one. The other piece I want to talk about is Lauren's dream is both a healing dream and the invitation to begin a healing process. As I mentioned in the dream seat, healing is a starting point sometimes, not an ending. Sometimes changes happen for us on the astral plane, which opens the door for things to shift on the material plane. And then sometimes we shift, we create shifts on the material plane and then need to update the astral. The point is that like the two go hand in hand, and we can't really leave one out of the picture. Um, of our healing process. Both are important. And, you know, so that's important when we're kind of talking about healing. I think sometimes there is this emphasis that, uh, and I've talked about this before, there can be this simplification of healing, almost like as a, a linear process, like there's a starting point, there's an ending point. That's not my direct experience. It's not my experience of working like thousands of hours one-on-one with clients in their own transformation and healing, as well as my own training. Uh, my experience personally and professionally is that healing is much more cyclical than that. And so, you know, a lot of times when we talked about that, that there's been a healing, we kind of think of it as an ending, but some, you know, I want to think of it sometimes as like a starting or. We've healed a layer and then that settles and then there's another layer that comes in or like I was just talking about, we've healed on the material plane but we haven't shifted on the astral plane or we've healed on the astral plane, we haven't shifted on the material plane. Those pieces are really, really big and sometimes people come to me when they're, we're working on you know deep seated patterns and there is a disconnect between the astral and the material and that's what's creating this like this pattern can't fully release because of that so so that's that the other piece i want to talk about that is very common is fear and how fear is always this friend that shows up at the threshold of transformation in part because old versions of ourselves along with their outdated coping strategies fall away and that's scary because those parts of us are like um no, I'm not going anywhere. I don't want to let go I don't want to change And in part to awaken us like this fear serves to awaken us to the threshold that we're standing in that might that like we might miss. You know, sometimes we might not recognize like the weight of uh, the potency of where we're standing. And I think fear sometimes helps us recognize like, oh, wow, I'm having fear because this is actually a big transformation that I'm stepping through, I'm stepping into, or I'm already journeying through. So I love Lauren's brave recognition that the invitation to open her heart also sparks vulnerability and an instinct to protect. And this is really where our insights in our dream world can carry into our material world. For example, perhaps empowering Lauren to recognize the next time her protective parts show up as she's opening her heart, that dream might help her connect those dots in waking life and recognize it in a way that she might have missed before. Um, And it also can serve as an invitation to learn how to work with those protective parts in a different way to allow the spaciousness for her heart to open and and I share this because this this bundle of this theme is very common. I I <clears throat> this dynamic shows up all the time in my one-on-one work. Opening up our hearts in a new way is vulnerable. And the work becomes learning how to discern When the protective parts of ourselves are truly doing their wise part to protect us and when they are limiting us or acting out in a way um, that is outdated, in a way that's connected to our past wounds, in a way that's connected to any past traumas we might have. So there are so many more themes that we could spend time talking about, but the last one I want to circle back to is when mystical powers work with us to invite us into our next version of embodiment, and this is where plant spirits come into the picture. I find that plant, tree, and fungi spirits um, are very inclined to extend these invitations to guide us through the how of transformation, you know, really sharing just different wisdom pieces, like you know, look at this like example of this dream that um, that Lauren experienced with this, you know, like elder wise figure. I really find that dreams uh, with plant spirits show up in a similar way. And, and that plants will sometimes like apprentice with us, like for a while, like we won't be apprenticed to them. And we might have multiple dreams, like the dream Um, that Lauren shared, where we're being given tidbits along the way of like, how, how do we transform? Okay. You know, so this invitation in this dream was about like, no, no, don't protect, allow the heart to be open. And then the next dream might be, uh, you know, further detail about, okay, now how do you embody that in a certain way? Or what are the blocks that are still stopping that from heart from being open? So, I really find that plant tree and fungi spirits can guide us through that how and they also have this really loving way that they like kind of like hold our hands through our metamorphosis i find that they're so so deeply loving and um so able to just really meet us and and hold us and it's just very like like that like that divine parent kind of archetype i feel they're very good at that um, and most of all, that they're accessible, because I find that sometimes it can be intimidating to have like to try to work intentionally with old powers that are a little bit mysterious. For example, like this archetype of the Kaliak that showed up in this dream that we worked with today in this dream seat, or to work with other really big ancient powers. And sometimes they can be like, you know, unpredictable. <laughs> um, so I find that like plant spirits are accessible. They're less intimidating They, um, they really, really are, um, they can meet us in a, in a way that I think sometimes these other powers like not struggle to, but they just meet us in a different way. And that's because, you know, we see plants in our every single day experience. And so I think that that makes them perhaps a little bit less mysterious to us and vice versa we're not strangers to each other, and in fact, you interact with plant spirits directly every single day, and I don't just mean l- like outdoors, I act- or in your house, your houseplants. I actually mean like, because you eat. <laughs> so through the vegetables and the fruit that you eat, the coffee, the tea you drink, like you are ingesting plants, and those plant spirits are becoming a part of your consciousness. We don't think about that, right? Um, So we have this very accessible, unconsciously, deeply intimate relationship with plants and fungi. And it's precisely why I started my Patreon because you get the opportunity to consciously build these relationships, to move it from the unconscious into the conscious um, with these potent, loving, accessible powers that literally keep you alive. Like you're alive because of plants, like it's true. You know, these amazing beings support your life force and literally become a part of you every single day. Um, And so on my Patreon, like we can do that. We can explore these questions. We can deepen our connections and and not have to do it alone. We can do it in community, which I think is so so powerful and so potent. And so if you're interested in plant spirits and dream work, now is a really great time to join because March and April – are dedicated to Plant Spirit Dreamwork, you can explore this and join now at patreon.com forward slash Marcy Moberg, or you can find the link in the show notes. Alright, so that's all for this week's episode. If you love this episode, make sure to share a five-star rating wherever you are listening. This is so helpful in empowering other listeners to find the podcast and benefit. And I would be so grateful if you could share this episode with one loved one. Um, Most podcast episodes today, or podcast apps rather, have this ability to make that super easy by copying the episode link or sharing directly to your social media, WhatsApp, or text messages. So I would really appreciate you if you could share this episode with one person today. So next time we will continue our exploration into dream work and the dream world. And we're going to explore the question, how do you build long-term relationships with plant spirits, specifically through dream work, which I find is, what do you think? Probably one of my favorite places and ways to do that. (laughs) Um, Again, because your ego is out of the way. It's so great. Okay, so season four of the podcast is all about Uh, creating intentional relationships with plant and fungi spirits if you haven't uh, caught that yet. So if you missed previous episodes, make sure to go back and listen because they're all building into this beautiful, rich soup together. Um, And I also touched into this topic back in previous seasons as well. I've talked about plant spirits a couple times over the years. So I've included links to those episodes in the show notes so you can easily find them. And so that's it. I just want to thank you again for listening and remember my personal mantra and maybe a little nice reminder to you. And that is that being you takes courage. Much love to you. And thanks for joining. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me. I hope you loved the episode and it enriches you just as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed this episode, consider becoming a Patreon. You can join starting at $10 a month. To learn more, go to patreon.com forward slash Marcy Moberg. Another way to support the podcast is through reviews. I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and share your rating and review, ideally five stars. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And you can always learn more about me and my work at marcimoberg.com. Until next time, remember that being you takes courage. Lots of love.